Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Hello, welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. <laughs> It is great to be back here, as always, in the room with you. I hope that you're, well, I hope you had an amazing week filled with happiness, of course. We are here today. I am actually recording in the morning because it's a holiday here, and I just kind of wanted to get it done and do something special today. I am warning you, you are going to hear a lot of background noise with the motorcycles because they just go crazy on this road in the summertime in the warm weather. So we can't help this. Just kind of bear with me through it. It's going to be a little frustrating for me too, but (laughs) I'm used to it. So we're going to jump right in tonight. We're going to be having a detailed discussion on the topic of hyper independence in women. So let's just, I just want to kind of get into this and and we're going to start with a general understanding regarding hyper-independence, maybe tackling the issues, such as maybe the consequences. And then we'll move on to the main topic, which is how hyper-independence in females affects men, because it very much does. (laughs) Another thing I would like to discuss would be Hyper-independence and the relationship dynamics, maybe the do's, the don'ts, on maintaining a healthy relationship with a partner that maybe suffers from hyper-independence. You might be with someone that is hyper-independent, but you might not be. You might meet someone. that you, You're going to notice nowadays there's a lot of women out there who have that I-can-do-it-myself mentality, and we'll, we'll get into that. So generally speaking, most of us, if not all of us, believe that independence is a quite positive trait to have, right? We have this materialistic world that we're living in today. It would be nearly impossible for us to survive without having some level of independence. And this is especially true when it comes to women. Women freeing themselves from the shackles of patriarchy and Society is generally cheering women on, cheering the women on who beat the odds. And the women who are taking on tasks, previously women never really participated in. But the problem is, things start to get difficult when that desire for independence starts to escalate, right? (laughs) And it starts to interfere with your daily life activities, And this is what is transitioning into something known as hyper-independence. Hyper-independence. This can look like having difficulty maybe asking for help, even when you are in desperate need for it. Or maybe getting super anxious about maybe what sharing something with family or friends. And when this begins to happen, this is you know, when you know things are really starting to get worse. According to a well-known counselor and author, Dr. Joanne Frederick, hyper-independence can be described as having 
an I versus we perspective. (laughs) So this is when we start to, you know, burden ourselves, taking on too much, refusing to confide in others, and simply saying no to the help that is offered. The question that I think needs to be addressed is what exactly causes hyperdependence, right? And the reason I'm talking about this is because I noticed this in myself about a year ago, and I see it in so many of the women in today's society. And I think that this is what they're experiencing, this hyperindependence, as well as men too. This goes both ways. I see men who just shut the world out and they don't need any help. They want to do it themselves. And, you know, so it, it definitely goes both ways, but it does come from a deeper place. And we're going to get into that in a minute, but I do want to just tell you and remind you, cause I know it can be very discouraging for men to approach women who are kind of in that alpha state, right? And I just want to tell you that we need you. We truly do need you. We want you. It just, it's, it's a wound. Okay. So, so let me just continue. There's many psychologists, there's many researchers that have highlighted that hyperindependence is usually a result of emotional damage, right? An emotional wound that's caused by broken trust. So when a person repeatedly maybe gets their heart broken, or maybe they place their trust in someone and end up getting hurt, or they love someone so fully and wholeheartedly just to be replaced, they're going to tend to protect themselves from getting victimized again. And, and they do this by convincing themselves that they're better off on their own. You see? So once this habit, once you tell yourself this enough and this habit persists over a period of time, it solidifies. And that's where this trouble can kind of get more complex. Dr. Frederick basically summarizes all this and suggests that sometimes, which we, we know this from a lot of the past information that I shared with you, sometimes the body and the mind, they naturally come up with their own ways to survive trauma, right? The general idea here is that the victims tend to develop the, I need to protect myself and no one's ever going to do this to me again mindset. And this is what forms the basis for hyperindependence. You eventually start to cut yourself off from others totally completely. You'll isolate yourself. And in the meantime, you don't even realize you're doing it. And eventually, this can really lead to a variety of different maybe mental health problems. The most notable ones are being depression and anxiety. But from my own experience, we would never allow the outside world to see those parts of ourselves. So that's why it was well hidden, right? So basically, in simple terms, independence, when it's overdone, it's usually response to a traumatic past event, which brings us to the next part of the podcast. So now that we know that 
hyperindependence is often related to past trauma. Let's just give you an example. Women who are in unhealthy, toxic relationship who've been abused by their partners are quite likely to develop hyperindependence, and they use it as a coping mechanism to protect themselves. Biology has to play a role here as well, because our nervous system works to protect us. And hyperindependence can be a form of protection as well, right? Hyperindependence can be termed as a trauma response that our body exhibits in order to protect us. And there's even people who might not have experienced traumatic events in their own life, but they can still develop this. And it happens from learning from the environment and our surroundings, which is a a natural human trait. So when a woman maybe see their peers or their friends going through these type of distressing periods, somewhere they might internalize these feelings and often end up overanalyzing the danger predicted and then they act accordingly, right? You hear stories about your friends and it's like, oh, I don't want that to happen to me. And that's kind of how it is most like a domino effect. Keeping in mind that the ever-increasing rates of domestic violence and the, the sexual assaults against females, it isn't very surprising that so many females today suffer from hyperindependence. And it has some serious implications, not just for women, but for other men. I want to get into the female hyperindependence and its effect on, on men. It can be extremely challenging if you're in a relationship with a partner who is a hyperindependent woman. Very challenging. And it can really affect the way that you love them. By affecting the way you love them, I mean the different ways you choose to express yourself, right? How you speak to them. And I would love to share a few things that you should maybe especially be mindful of if you plan on building a relationship, a healthy relationship with a partner who is hyper-independent. I think that the number one rule would be here is to give them their own time and space. Now, I know the idea of being with someone like this could be a turnoff for some of you, but please just bear with me and listen. It's incredibly important to keep in mind because hyper-independent women value their me time. So giving them enough space is really important. However, recognizing those moments in the relationship where you can tell when your partner might need you, but they might not have the ability to ask for help and they're not vocalizing it to you or vocalizing their thoughts. Just try and be there for them and support them. I think that the more you would do this, it would give, you know, build up that trust that everything's going to be okay, that you are there as a, a strong foundation in their life. Offer that help and then let them decide whether or not they, they want to accept it, but don't push it. Right. And again, this is practicing. This will really help ensure that there's no miscommunication between you and them. 
I think another important thing that, you know, you have to kind of keep in mind is that you need to honor their right to make their own decisions. It's natural for once we're in a committed relationship, right? You, you want to find the importance of making those decisions together after having a discussion. But with hyper-independent partners, this might be a little bit difficult. <laughs> they might not always be comfortable sharing everything with you. And it's like I mentioned above, you know, this could simply just be a way in which they protect themselves. They're protecting themselves from any hurt by maybe over-trusting others. So just please keep that in mind. And I think this is, I think, just kind of entering into a newer relationship dynamic. I think once you're there and you show them that you can be trusted, that you aren't going to be leaving them, that's when they'll start to share more and more with you. It's not that women or your partner is being rude or anything like that. It's, it's just a response to what they've dealt with in the past, right? And it's important to be a supportive partner to help them to overcome this feeling of, of constant uncertainty by just being there. It can absolutely be the most beautiful thing to have that trusting support, really. And I think it would be important to bring in the rather unhealthy gender norm socialization process that many of us have gone through as well. And I do feel that many guys can get turned off by the idea of wanting to be with someone like this. Or maybe they're taking it so personal that they might feel that the women think that they're better than them or, you know, again, they don't need you, but this is not the case. Yes. Are there women out there who are operating more in their ego? Absolutely. And it's important to kind of get to know a person to know the difference, right? Anyway, as you know, since childhood, the young boys they're constantly reminded that one day they need to grow up, settle down, and eventually provide for a family, right? And most importantly, that in some way or another, they're going to be the leader at home. And of course, this includes everything from maybe allocating finances to maybe vacations, groceries, basic consumer spending to making decisions about moving, work, and other things. So usually men tend to get more negatively affected in such situations. I'm sure many of you here can resonate with, with this too. It's best to try and remember that the only really productive solution here is to maybe keep what you've been taught aside for a minute and just think, right? Reflect on it. And just kind of decide for yourself whether it's fair for your partner who's already in a wounded space who or maybe who's unhealed or, or in the healing process to be imposed with your decisions right or maybe asking them to share thoughts that they're not really in the headspace to share yet that's all that's really important maybe practice patience <laughs> I know that's difficult for me. I have a short span 
when it comes to patience. So now we're going to be moving into the next part of, of this episode. And, and this is when we're going to discuss how hyperindependence can affect relationship and, and ways that we can maybe overcome the hurdles that come our way of maintaining an effective relationship when we have a hyperindependent partner, right? So you need to understand the problem that you're going to encounter in a relationship with a hyperindependent partner. And next you need to realize how exactly this problem can affect your relationship. And then last, what can be done to minimize the negativity? Because I know there's a lot of you out there who are married to someone who is so hyper-independent or not always married, but you're with them. So the entire, I can do it myself, or I don't need you, or I don't need anyone mentality, which is often, if not always accompanied by hyper-independence, this forms the basis of a very unhealthy relationship. And it leads to a lot of problems and miscommunication. And when there's miscommunication or no communication, this is basically what ends relationships. This is what makes them crumble. Communication is a lifeline when it comes to relationships. And the fact that humans aren't really made to be perfectly autonomous. We all need each other. Absolutely, we do. And hyperindependence simply prevents victims from acknowledging this. And this then leads to the consequences since the individual's basic social needs are not being met. If you find yourself stuck in, in a situation, here's what you can do. The first most ideal option would be to try and talk to your partner about what you see, what you're seeing in them, and maybe offer them the idea to go find help, to go see a therapist. Just help them to understand the importance and the support that they might need throughout the journey. And help them to understand how important it is. And just really, again, support them through the journey. You know, at the end of the day, getting professionals involved is the most effective situation. However, there are things... Um, aside from that, that you can keep in mind and I'll, I'll share them at the end of the podcast. Now, at the same time, I think it's important to, to also work on the male ego. Now we all have ego, but men really can get so immersed by their ego can take over, right? And unconsciously it can be playing a role, which can really aggravate a situation making it even worse. So earlier, I, I talked a little bit about the gender norm socialization, right? So now I just want to elaborate on this a little bit further. <laughs> okay, and just speak about the toxic gender norm socialization in particular. Now the toxic gender norm socialization can really make you feel entitled to things such as the, the personal decisions that your partner takes which don't really affect you, but maybe growing up, you've always had a father or saw your father dominating everything happening around the family. And I don't know about you, but this was my dad. He was the head of the household. He was the ruler, but times were different then. You know, basically my mom or most 
the wives at that time would surrender, right? And in doing that, it would make the man feel like they must have a say or that they're just the sole decider. But again, now time is shifting, right? And we need to understand that we have to kind of allow that ego to drop a little bit to, I'm all about the death of the ego because the ego honestly is what separates us as individuals. Truly, if you think about it, it does. And allowing that to drop away, understanding that your partner is an individual before she is your partner. And this, of course, can become especially crucial with a partner who's already kind of dealing with hyper-independence. And the point here I'm trying to make is, while your partner's hyper-independence can maybe make the relationship problematic, your ego may be a contributing factor. (laughs) I'm sorry if you guys are getting upset. We all have ego. Women, men, I don't care who you are, right? But men really, they have that ego, big ego. So the point that I'm trying to make here is why your partner's hyper-independence can make the relationship more difficult and problematic. But so can the ego, right? So working on yourself would be just as important. This is why we're here. It's also crucial that we kind of remind yourself that this doesn't make you any less of a person if you let your ego go. So many people struggle with this. They want to hold on to it. This is just how society works, right? For the most part, this is, this is what's accountable for what's taking place. And you kind of just have to play your part by taking that initiative and understanding that something that you might have been doing isn't always the right way. That maybe you could be doing something different and it's perfectly fine. Okay. And eventually this will help you grow to becoming the better version of yourself. It's all about self-reflection and awareness here, right? We're now moving on to the last section of this episode. I know it's a little lengthy and I apologize, but I just want to cover quickly a few signs and symptoms that can help you detect whether you might have a hyper-independent tendency, okay? Number one is privacy over everything. And one thing that you might find and probably all, if not most, hyper-independent women is they prefer privacy over everything, right? And your first impression of them, it might be something along the lines of they're super secretive or they're mysterious or they're a closed book, right? And while this, this is true, and some of us really might prefer keeping things to ourselves, This isn't the same as being hyper-independent. You can't really exactly put wanting privacy and being completely closed off, you know, from others in the same equation because privacy can be a positive trait and many successful people carry this. The latter, this can be extremely toxic and it can really limit an individual's growth potential and it can make mundane activities quite challenging. The next one is difficulty being a leader. This is another major sign that can help you detect if if a person is hyper-independent is by looking at their leadership skills. And the reason is that these type of people, they find it incredibly hard to become effective leaders. Do you know why? (laughs) 
a large part of being a leader, right? It concerns the delegation of tasks, which implies you have to ask other people for help to do stuff. And we all know this is a major turnoff for any hyper-independent individual. They want to do everything themselves. And this applies in practically all fields, workplace, school. Most of the time, hyper-independent people just end up burdening themselves. They, they burden themselves with a lot more than they can actually comfortably do. And the problem is it doesn't only have implications solely on that person themselves, but it can bring the spirit of a group down, right? And it can cause a lot of hurdles in, in professional lives, especially. The next one is never asking for help. And I know we kind of just covered this, but the thing about hyper-independent people is that no matter what, <laughs> no matter how hard they are struggling, they will never ask you for help. And this, of course, is not due to being arrogant or that they're better than you or they have a lot of pride, but it's just because these type of individuals find it very difficult to seek help in others because they've been let down so many times. They might face a lot of anxiety when having such interactions, right? And a lot of times they'll end up avoiding those type of situations where they're going to have to ask for help. Likewise, if you see a person or if you feel like you have issues trusting others or constantly doubting intentions, chances are that you might be suffering from it as well. The fourth one is they dislike discussion. And obviously, there's several important decisions in life that we're going to have to to make, such as moving, making a big investment, buying a car, and where most people would want to seek out advice, or maybe ask a bunch of people just to help make sure that they're choosing the best option. The hyper-independent person, they're more impulsive and they're willing to just make a straight up decision. Discussions really aren't part of their process. They just kind of do it. So if you see colleagues or a friend or family member doing this, maybe kind of gently speak to them about it. Get them to share some things with you because it can really be detrimental when, and I've done it, when you make really hasty decisions, it can lead to negative consequences. So these are just a few signs and symptoms that I thought might be useful to share with you, to give you a, a quick personality check to see if maybe you're facing some of these issues yourself. Sometimes we don't see it in ourselves. I didn't see it in myself until I came across hyper-independence. So it's a matter of working on it. Like I said, I've, it was about a year, year and a half ago, I, I saw this in me and I came across this information and I thought to myself, holy crap, this is me. <laughs> Okay, so now we know what hyper-independence is, how it affects our relationships, how it makes some of the basic mundane activities difficult, some of the causes and signs, but we really haven't addressed what I want to refer to as the golden question. What is the solution? <laughs> Are you guys still there? <laughs> Anyways, how can we get over this? And how can we prevent it? And as I mentioned above, you know, if you suffer from hyper-independence, you really should 
try and seek help. You know, find someone that you can find a safe space with that you can share with. There's also something that you need to keep in mind. And this isn't just those who suffer from hyperindependence, but it's also those who know people or who have the female partners who have this issue. If you're someone who faces hyperindependence and you're really determined to liberate yourself from this, just understand that this is a problem that's interfering with everyday life and relationships. It's perfectly fine that you feel this way. You've been hurt. It's okay. But at some point in time, we have to open back up. We have to allow people in. Not everybody is untrustworthy. Okay? So it's something that you really want to work on overcoming. Because otherwise, it becomes a lonely life. And just, again, know that it's okay. It doesn't make you any less of a person. And you also need to kind of slowly start being open to loved ones as well. It's just a slow way to regain trust in others, you know, allow people to, to help you and just slowly allow them in, collaborate with other people. You'll be pleasantly surprised that you're going to find people that you can actually trust again. Not everybody is out to get you. And I think that that's the hardest thing for, for individuals that have been through so many battles in life, right? Yeah. So if you don't have hyperindependence yourself, but you might know someone, maybe you know a female who's, you know, you can kind of know that she's on her own, she's doing her thing, she kind of shuts the world out, maybe kind of offer her a little bit of help, maybe just try and remember if you can to be there for her emotionally, be emotionally available and let them know that you're there for them, that they can reach out to you whenever and, and to not having to feel like they're judged in any way for being the way that they are. Just help them to find comfort in, in confiding in you, right? Again, hyper-independent people can be triggered by the, the littlest things. So try and be a little extra careful and sensitive when maybe you're conversing with them and and hopefully keeping up with all these little things in mind and encouraging them to kind of get help or, or to share the signs that you see in them, it can help them. You can help that person to recognize it in themselves or even share this podcast with them. <laughs> this pretty much concludes finally our podcast for today. I hope you found this podcast to be useful and I hope it helped you to have a better understanding on the topic. I always appreciate all of you. If you would be so kind, please, I always like to ask if you could just review or leave a comment. If you find this podcast to be helpful, it helps me in helping others. Okay. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you and I will look forward to coming back next week. Sending love and light.